how can you not be romantic about baseball? Bringing a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I got to I got to check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk our ass is in the jackpot now you're listening to booze and baseball there's 50 feet of crap and then there's us a baseball first podcast sort of featuring Derek johnson what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it and dusty baker i heard that Dynamite drop-in money, and broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is... I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Hello, welcome in to another edition of Booze and Baseball. This is the Jackie Robinson episode, which makes it the everyone episode because everybody gets to wear 42 across the season. With Dusty Baker, Derek Johnson here. Thank you for joining us today. Dusty, what are you drinking today? Well, Derek, uh, what's pretty cool about this, uh, you know, we've been working with Just Baseball for uh, about a year now, and finally this is under our uh, our umbrella with them. So we're part of their fantasy platform now. Super excited to be a part of that, uh, especially for this Jackie Robinson episode. 42 episodes in for B&B, number one for JB. Uh, and what I'm drinking, on every show we do this, uh, we have our little opener drink, and it was Derek's birthday this week. And I told Derek that I would take a shot for him. And you know how sometimes you'll say, you know, I'll take a shot for you. And how do you actually know that they took a shot for you? Well, my way of letting Derek know is I'm actually going to take a shot for him. So Derek, this one's for you. There is uh, nothing but straight vodka in this right here. This is a TCU shooter that I got here. And uh, you're welcome. This pain that I'm about to experience, it's for you, bud. Uh, Happy birthday. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All of the above. Uh, for your last two weeks. Well, thank you, but um, you're going to have to do another shot. Vodka is my least favorite of the hard alcohols, so sorry. You're just going to have to do a couple more till you find what I specifically want you to drink. Uh, I Okay, next time. Next show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have something that is going to be tastier than that. This is a peanut oh. butter milk stout from uh or peanut butter milk nitro stout it's from left hand brewing which is in colorado it actually has instructions on the back of how to pour this thing basically um you have to you know get it upside down once i open this thing up and just do a straight pour into the bottle so i need to give it a little small shake and then crack this baby open i have the glass right here it it's not you know Something where I'm supposed to pour it like a normal beer to avoid the head and the foam. So I want to get that in there, so see how this tastes. Are you supposed to let it sit, or does it just, is it an immediate, like, the moment that you pour it, it's good to go? Because, like, in Guinness, you know how you're supposed to hit it? You're supposed to hit the heart 45-degree angle, and then you have to let it sit. This one, you just drink it immediately. Is it, that the case? It doesn't say anything about letting it sit. It just says hit it with the hard 45-degree angle. It is 6.2% alcohol. It tastes delicious. It tastes like a peanut butter cup, 
Um, all about this. Would highly recommend this one. Again, the peanut butter milk stout from Left Hand Brewing. If you could compare it to a player, any player in Major League Baseball, what is that drink? Because this vodka straight shooter, uh, I'll be honest, you got to get a guy that's on the base pass that's a straight shooter. And for me this past year, that's Starling Marte, who had the most stolen bases with 47. So uh, he gets the vodka. He also, I'd imagine you have to drink a lot of vodka if you're playing in Oakland. Okay, let me let me pose you a question as I give you my answer here. I think because it is it is basically a peanut butter cup is what the taste is going for here. Peanut butter and chocolate. That's a great duo. It's a great combo. Um, when I think of a great combo, I immediately think to my own fandom. I think Giants first base where Brandon Belt, Darren Ruff, Lamont Wade combined. I guess that's actually a trio, so I lied. Um, <laughs> uh, but let's just say Lamont Wade and Darren Ruff, for instance. You have two guys who aren't making a lot of money, not a lot of expectations. The duo of them combined, platooning at first, fantastic for the Giants. So I will give that to this one. It wasn't a beer I, I had heard all about or anything that anybody recommended to me. I don't know if it's winning awards or anything, but it's really good, and it's a duo <laughs> that comes together. So my question to you, based on that, who is the top duo in the MLB and and what goes into this question you can't just say well what team has the best two players when I think of a duo it has to be two guys who are together right like two guys who are, are close friends or two guys who uh like like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge that would be a duo because both guys are these big mashing sure. outfielders like they go together it can't just be two guys who happen to play for the same team you, you know what's uh, going to be kind of interesting here is, especially from a fantasy perspective, uh, there's going to be a lot of question marks maybe around uh, one of these two guys. I don't think there's going to be as many about the other, but I, to me, I think one of the best duos at this point may be Corey Seager and Marcus Semien, if we're being honest. I mean, if you see the numbers that Semien put up last year, those were MVP numbers. Um, the only thing is, when you look at the American League, the team that Semyon left, if he was still on the Blue Jays, I would argue that the best duo would be Semyon and Guerrero Jr. Uh, mm -hmm. But here's the thing. you got Guerrero Jr. and you also have Bo Bichette on the same team. And I can't have that one beat. I, I think that that has got to be the best duo in the league fantasy-wise. I think future-wise, when you're talking about dynasty one year, it does not matter to me. And in person, I, I think that that's the best combo, best duo. Uh, and to even add on to that, the fact that they're both sons of former MLB players, like what in the world, man? So that that would probably be my choice. I would say the, uh, the Vlad Jr. and Bo Bichette combo is pretty unbelievable. I would go with Mike Trout and missing the playoffs. That's my favorite duo in the MLB. <laughs> um, no, that's actually mean. I, I want Mike oh, Trout to make brutal. Playoffs. You know what's a bad duo? Things that don't go together. The MLB Players Association and the owners. We are in a lockout right now, and the latest reports have not been good. They're not even meeting yet. Um, uh, Manfred reports that there have been no negotiations, and that scares me. I, I still have been kind of this whole way through expecting that we're going to miss spring training games. I wouldn't be surprised if we start a month late or anything. Um, but it's just, it's frustrating that they're not even trying right now. Yeah, and when you sit here and, you know, you're a fantasy owner, and uh, if you're a first-time listener, you're going to learn really quickly that for Derek and myself, uh, which you already learned, Derek's a Giants fan. I happen to be a Dodgers fan. There's there's a little bit of a, a combo right there that's ironic. But um, the fact of the matter is, you're sitting here wondering, wh when am I going to draft? When am I going to be able to learn when these free agents are going to be able to sign elsewhere? And, and when there's not even any progress, and it's known by the commissioner 
of Major League Baseball that there is nothing being done. There is nothing more frustrating, in my opinion, than seeing this happen. And, and the fact that Manfred, the same guy that called the World Series trophy a piece of plastic, I mean, uh, or a piece of metal, I should say. I mean, like, come on, man. The fact that there's no sign of urgency, no sign of intention to get the season started, you know, at a time where we really could use baseball. Uh, I mean, this world is still trending in a direction where it needs some sort of outlet. We got football. It's going great, except for we have Alabama, Georgia again. We need baseball back. And the fact that there's just no sign moving forward. And spring training, I mean, we're talking spring training's a month away on paper, on paper. And you're totally right, Derek. It does not feel like it actually is going to be happening when pitchers and catchers arrive. I, I just don't know if I see that happening. Considering when you go to the MLB.com, you don't even see one pitcher's or one player's profile pick. I mean, they're all currently the same image, and uh, it's it's a real problem. Um, and from a fantasy perspective, uh, it's concerning for owners because, I mean, how do you how do you prepare for this offseason, especially if you have a keeper league? Yeah, who, uh, by the way, wins your award for the 2021 Fastest Man of the Year? Would it be Whit Merrifield for all his steals? Would it be Starling Marte for leading the MLB in steals? Terrence Gore for continuing to just be fast and be on playoff rosters? Or would it be the uh, guy who quickly took down all the pictures of the MLB players? <laughs> it's got to be the, the final one of those, and I'll take the bias pick, and let me add a good old Trey Turner to that list, and let's hope it's not Trey Turner that's surfing the web right now doing what he's great at on the base pass by taking those picks down. It was pretty amazing, though. The moment that this lockout hit, all those pictures went away, and uh, if you haven't been, uh, if you've been living under a rock, let's just put it that way, all over Twitter, players that have their own Twitter personalities, profiles, they've changed their profile picks to that. And I think it's hilarious. Uh, um, I'm trying at this time to contact Justin Brule, who's in my uh, DMA. And uh, he's one of the many players out there that, you know, brand new to the league, just started out. And uh, poor guy is already having to turn his profile picture into literally nothing. So that that's a really, really sad, uh, sad time that we're living in right now. Well, you mentioned some of the impact on fantasy. I, I think... Um furthering that like I don't know maybe it helps guys if, if we want to talk like the micro of individual players who are young guys or young pitchers specifically like I think to a Shane Baz who I don't know how many innings the Rays plan on giving him this year maybe 120 125 if there does end up being less games with the lockout then I would think that would help a younger guy like that um, or just their value because they're not going to have way less innings than other pitchers because there won't be as many games. But that's only if we start to miss games, what the impact is. Outside of that, I don't really know how much you can take away. But I do think it has a big impact on fantasy just in the nature of putting together the game, just in the nature of getting excited for the fantasy baseball season. I mentioned this on, on last week's episode, the fact that once you get to this time of year, like college football is winding down. The NFL is getting into the postseason. For some people, their fantasy leagues are done in fantasy football, and maybe their team's not going to make the playoffs in the NFL, and they don't really have anything to root for the rest of the way. And maybe they're they're not fans of college basketball or the NBA, or maybe they only get into college basketball once it turns into March. There's a lot of people who are like that. And they want something to kind of latch onto from a sports perspective. And so over this next month or two, usually, might be kind of like, hey, let's start getting prepped for fantasy baseball. Let me start getting primed again on fantasy baseball. But it's just unfortunate because 
there's not really an end in sight. Like, it could start on normal. I'm hopeful that it starts on a normal time. We just don't know if it will yet, and that's a little disappointing and makes it so that if you're trying to figure out when your draft is going to be or if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league trying to figure out when you're going to do all these things in the offseason, you don't totally know yet. Yeah, it's honestly at this point in time, um, it's crazy. You almost hit the nail on the head of exactly where I'm at right now to the point where all I'm watching is The Bachelor. So uh, sue me, I dare you. Uh, And even Clayton Eckerd, worst pick that they could have ever had for that show. So yeah, we're really trending in the wrong direction as we enter this uh, 2022 era right now. But I I totally agree. I mean, you know, Derek's a commissioner uh, of the league that he and I are both in right now. And uh, we also plan on starting jumping into some random five by five league to help you guys out. Uh, so that we can kind of get it even a better concept uh, day in, day out of, you know, what what direction we go because we're both in a keeper league. But, you know, we can't do that right now because we don't even know when this season will start. And it's just a real bummer because, as you mentioned, Derek, it's something to sit back, something to look forward to is, is always so important. And, you know, every time a new year arises, uh, and generally speaking, when the Dodgers disappoint me outside of 2020 um, – I'm ready for that fantasy season. I'm ready for that new season to show up and arrive. And and for the first time in who knows how long. I mean, I I guess the pandemic could play a role in this theoretically. Uh, But I'm sitting here thinking, man, are we ever going to get baseball back? And am I actually going to be able to do my draft? And, And for our keeper leagues, I mean, are we able to even make trades that are logical? You know, I feel like... I don't want to make a trade right now. I, I don't even want to make trade proposals because what if I acquire a player that, quite frankly, is not going to play this season and, and he's maybe on the older end of things? Uh, I'll throw out a, a name such as Joey Votto, okay? Uh, I'm an owner of Joey Votto in a keeper league. Well, Joey Votto's season last year was absolutely insane. Would I keep him this year? I'm already debating that compared to the rest of my roster. Probably not, but... I would love to know if we're even going to have a season because knowing if we have a season or not, I mean, that changes the entire perspective of how I handle that, right? Like, I would love to trade Joey Votto right now in my Keeper League, but uh, how do I convince somebody when, you know, we don't even know if there's going to be a season? Maybe he just straight up retires if we don't have uh, a season this year. So that that's the problem that we deal with right now is there are guys uh, on the older side that, you know, they're trending towards the end of the careers and, you know, this year could really have a massive impact on that. And then let's go to the Bobby Wood Juniors of the world that, you know, number one prospect in baseball, uh, that's another year that you don't get him. All of a sudden, maybe you're turning your attention to the next best prospect of possibly Jason Dominguez moving forward, right? Like you know, Oscar Colas, uh, if he decides to eventually sign. I mean, that that's the struggle that you're dealing with. And uh, for those of you that use fan tracks, number one, I apologize uh, because they, they've got to work on that app big time, in my opinion. But uh, you know guys like Colas are available or the kid out of Japan that may potentially sign. But, but you don't know if they're going to play this year. So that's the struggle, and and it's a real bummer that we're having to sit here and wait for what we don't know is an open or closed door right now. And you mentioned all the old guys, and I 100% agree. Like your Nelson Cruz is Adam Wainwright. If the season doomsday, we had no season at all, then do they even come back another year? Who knows? But I think it also affects a lot of the guys who are free agents. Um, 
just from anything as simple as guys like Nick Castellanos and Trevor Story who had really good home ballparks. We don't know where they're going to play till this thing ends and then they sign. And that has a big impact depending on what ballpark they're in on their fantasy value. You have certain guys like, like Carlos Correa and Freddie Freeman, no matter where they go, they're going to be picked high and everything like that. So there's certain guys that it won't have a huge effect. But I also think too, like Clayton Kershaw. We don't even know if Clayton Kershaw is going to pitch because the lockout, he can't sign with anybody. For all we know, he's going to retire, but we don't know that for sure because of the lockout. Where's Carlos Rodon going to be? You know, he could be a guy who has to wait way too long. And there's all these players who have unfulfilled roles. Like, what's going to happen with Kenley Jansen? Who is that going to affect if the Dodgers re-sign him? That obviously has a big impact on guys like Blake Trinan in what their role is going to be, or whoever signs him. It's going to have a big impact on kind of the shuffling of the bullpen. I think when you look at maybe some of the, I don't know, smaller free agents might be the way to put it too, that has a pretty large effect because you think of whenever we do restart, I would imagine there's going to be like an avalanche of signings right after that. But because it'll be so late in the game, you just wonder if, even though Carlos Correa and Freddie Freeman and all these guys are signing, like what happens to a Colin McHugh or a Yusei Kikuchi or a Tommy Pham or a Tyler Anderson or an Andrew McCutcheon? Like do they end up free agents at the beginning of the season just because it, it's too close of a turnaround between when the lockout ends and, and whenever the season begins? Yeah, I, and I think you nailed a lot of those those big names, and uh, you know, to kind of even pile up on that, because I, I, I mean, the Clayton Kershaw one is really one of the more intriguing ones for me, um, just simply because I mean, you got it right there. We don't know if he's going to pitch. We didn't know if he was going to pitch. It sounds like he had the intention to at least stay in baseball right now. Um, obviously, reports have been circulating of him potentially retiring, and, and you know that if he retires, I mean, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer regardless. He's done everything he needs to do. It's just the competitor in him and still the talent in him. You know that he can compete and, and give you great fantasy value and real value, right? And so uh, that's going to be an interesting one to monitor because what if we don't have a baseball season? He's a year older. He probably is recovering from whatever injury that he sustained, but he also doesn't know at this time right now if he needs to get some major surgery or if he does, uh, you know, it could be delayed and it could really ruin potentially his 2023 season. So there's a lot of those factors that go into it. And I, I think that's a great name to throw out there. I'm going to throw out two names that I think are particularly interesting uh, to keep an eye on as we, you know, enter this still real time of uncertainty and free agency. Number one is Chris Bryant because Chris Bryant is a versatile player right now on paper. He's also, at this time, as we speak, his birthday just passed. His birthday mm. is January the 4th. Oh, he's so January close to my birthday. 5th. Yeah, you guys are one day off, DJ. One day off, man. And uh, so you and you and KB kind of have a lot of common right there. And so, uh, but, so Chris Bryant just turned 30 years old while Derek turned 69 years old. So mm. big difference between the two. Not true. Uh, but... Yeah, big, 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 massive difference. But next year, let, let's say we don't have a baseball season, KB going to his age 31 season, on paper, do you think a team is going to give him a long extended deal? Even that one-year difference can make a massive difference on paper. The other guy that I want to kind of highlight is Michael Conforto. Uh, while Chris Bryant put up great numbers in the postseason, put up great numbers through the regular season, Michael Conforto did not. And Conforto... Let's say we don't have 
a 2022 season, he would enter his age 30 season with coming off of technically the, the last memory people will have of him. These numbers, a 232 batting average, a slugging percentage of 384. Okay, if, if I don't have that memory of how good Conforto can be, okay, and I have that concern, now he's entering, you know, maybe past his prime, right? Why would I give him a long-term deal? And, you know, from a fantasy perspective, it might be a great investment. He may be a, you know, under-the-radar pickup. I think Conforto is probably one of the easier, you know, better low-buy guys right now. Uh, but for a GM, am I going to give him a good deal? Probably not. And so that's that's really where this real-life versus fantasy situation arises. Uh, but for Conforto's purposes, I mean, that could really hurt him because what if he's signing with a team that's not competitive? What if he doesn't have people around him that can kind of help protect him in the lineup because of that whole assertion that, hey, he's now exiting his prime. I mean, that that is a real problem uh, that we could potentially see take place here. And it's all, you know, really out of their control. Chris Bryan, I'm not as concerned about. I am a little more concerned, though. Every year he gets older, the position eligibility probably drops off, right? He's probably going to end up becoming a long-term first baseman is, is really what I'm guessing in two to three years. And so if you're in a keeper league, that probably plays more of a role in terms of how you look at a guy like KB that is more versatile. Chris Taylor, you're probably not as concerned about him. He seems like the kind of guy that could be a versatile utility player across the board. Chris Bryant does not have the same build as CT3, right? And so that's where the difference, to me at least on paper and in real life, allows me to kind of sit there and think, man, one year's difference plays a massive role. Let me ask you a question. Do you think this would be a good time to maybe, I wouldn't say it would be buying low, although I guess technically it would because coming off injuries, maybe on players who are returning from injuries. Justin Verlander comes to mind. Um, Mike Soroka of the Braves comes to mind. Guys who are coming back from maybe big injuries, even smaller injuries, if you're if you're of the belief that the season is going to start late due to the lockout, I feel like that would be a good opportunity because that would just give them more time to you know get back into the swing of things. It's it's definitely in the back of my mind, and I think that if you're in a keeper league that uh, similar to what Derek and I are in, where we have an active play right now, right? Like at any moment in time, we can make a trade, and and it's valid. Uh, if you're in a one year league, that obviously Maybe, I, uh, first of all, do not start drafting until you know that there's a season. Uh, that's step one. But step two is, yeah, I mean, you got to keep an eye on those guys that Dustin May comes to mind, actually, for me, as, as a big key right there. Um, you're, you're right on the others that you named right there. Justin Verlander could be a massive uh, key piece and give him another month of recovery. Man, imagine how much more the Astros can extend him, right? And so uh, a guy like Dustin May comes to mind because – he put up numbers early on last year that could compete for the top 10 starting pitchers in the league, right? And so if you get a guy like him coming back from the surgery he had, but giving him more time than expected, yeah, maybe those numbers increase. And in, in, in Ronald Acuna Jr., same idea with him. I mean, RJ could very well be the number one overall pick uh, if we delay this thing enough, you know? So that's something to me to keep in mind is, is the fact that yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, DJ. Hit the nail on the head. It's it's something where I, I don't just sip that. I, I chug that at the end of the day. I, I mean, you've got to keep in mind that these guys that are recovering right now, 
they may be relevant by the time the season actually starts. If I gave you the option of will the season start on time or will it get pushed back at this point in time, what would you take? I'd take it pushed back. I mean, with the words that Manfred said, I mean, the commissioner of baseball saying this is getting delayed, I don't feel confident even in the slightest. I mean, the players are showing their opposition and they're not shy about it. And to me... I think that there is a much more heated debate that's about to occur. Um, and I, I don't know, man. I mean, to, I'm, I'm kind of concerned that we don't even have a season, if we're being honest. This is trending a lot towards the direction of what happened in 94, 95, right? And so, you know, these players, they have guaranteed money for a lot of them. And, and the, the big voices that you have, Zach Britton, he's towards the end of his career. He's fighting for what he thinks are the other players in this league when – you know, maybe there's guys like I mentioned, Justin Brule, that's just trying to make the money that he can, and and that's not the masses, right? I mean, they're they're talking on behalf of the entire league, and so for the most part, this league, every player is so competitive and and wants that high contract, they want the major salaries, they want the capability to be, be to be paid according to how they believe they should be paid. Well, with that comes a price, and the price is patience, and the price is really doing and, and fighting through this battle that they're having right now with the owners. And, and to me, I, I mean, if there's no negotiations taking place right now, I, I just don't see how we're getting on time in a month from now. I think I'm with you. I, I at this point, gun to my head, I would take the fact that it's going to get delayed, which is really unfortunate, but I'm hopeful that it does start up on time. So we're going to actually be doing a, a little bit shorter episodes here. We're going to cut this one off here. We'll have another episode that releases for you in a couple days, and we're going to talk about if, hypothetically, a little more sunshine and rainbows. The season did start on time. Who would be uh, maybe our, our way-too-early first-round picks headed into the season? Some discussion over uh, the top pick if you were starting up a keeper league or a dynasty league, something like that. We'll have that conversation on our next episode, but that's going to do it for this edition, episode number 42, the Jackie Robinson Show of booze and baseball for dusty baker i'm Derek johnson thank you for listening don't forget to subscribe to us on itunes google play uh wherever you find your podcast you can find it closing thoughts dusty yeah uh, you know it's a it's a sad topic that we have to even talk about this you know a year ago we were talking about how excited we were for the regular season but i will tell you this uh even if the season doesn't start on time fantasy never dies right so always stick with us we're happy to be a part of the jb team and uh DJ and I, you know what? The one thing is that we can do while baseball doesn't happen, we can drink. <laughs> that is right. I'm going to finish up my uh, peanut butter milk stout. Dusty's going to take some more shots of vodka. Maybe he'll do some tequila shots in between episodes. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Don't forget to check out all that great content at JustBaseball.com. Again, for Dusty Baker, I'm Derek Johnson. This has been Booze and Baseball. We'll be back in a couple days.